Welcome to Leveling the Playing Field, a podcast featuring women who work in sport. My name is Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard. I am your host. And this week, I have another local. Um, Claire Lessinger is the director of special events at the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. The Sports Commission is um, the uh, the body, the agency, the group, I guess, that put out all the bids for really large um, events that occur in Tampa, and they are the ones that attract those events. So things like the Super Bowl or college football championships or women's Final Four, um, so that that is Claire and her group. She um, is the director of special events at TBSC and was previously, for about 15 years, um, a volleyball coach at uh, USF. And she's great. She We have a great conversation. Um, I love how active she is in the community. She's part of USF's Women in Leadership and Philanthropy and the Positing Coaching Alliance. Um, and she's really just has so much knowledge and is so involved in the empowerment of women and leadership and sports. It's fantastic. Um, before we get into the episode, I just want to share some uh, sad news from LTPF headquarters. Um, I'm not entirely sure why I'm sharing this, but I think because a lot of you follow me or um, whatever you might already know, but um, we had to um, help uh, the most handsome, sweetest boy in the world, Simon, um, cross the Rainbow Bridge over the weekend. So Zoe and I are a little bit devastated. Um, so if we're a little quiet online, that's that's probably why. Um, but uh, we're, you know, trying to get through it. And um, all of you who have reached out, I really appreciate it and just wanted to thank you for that again. Um, so now... We'll get on to the interview with Claire Lessinger. Hi, Claire. Thanks for coming on the pod. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for you to just hang out with Jerry and I and the cats and chat a little bit about your career. <laughs> Let's do it. So um, my first question that I typically ask is, how did you fall in love with sports? Wow. I mean, that is so easy. I can't even remember. I joke that out of the womb, this was just a natural path for me. Um, I was a tomboy growing up. Um, I was, you know, I, I lived in a home where they rang the bell for me to come in from outside, usually <laughs> covered in dirt and filth because I've been out playing, you know, with the guys in the neighborhood. Um, and whether it was pickup basketball or street soccer or hockey or just jumping in leaves, like it is just who I was and um, what I loved doing since I can remember. I think my parents weren't really sure what to do with me <laughs> um, for a really long time um, until they could, you know, enjoy and find joy in, in my path and, and my love for sports. But I played everything. Um, it's something as a parent. Currently, I have two young boys. All I do is encourage them to find their find their passion. Um, and if they say, I want to try baseball today, we're doing it. If they want to give it up tomorrow, we do it. And we just let them, you know, explore. And um, I feel like that's what I did. That's what my parents allowed me to do and just let me kind of be who I was. Um, I played everything. 
And, you know, I think because I played so many sports at such a young age, it was just truly about figuring out what that was going to mean long term. Um, and, and that was the beginning of my journey. When, um, when you were in high school, what sports did you play competitively? So I, I was at that like very maybe end of an era where you could play three sports. Um, so I played softball, volleyball and basketball in high school. Um, and I also played volleyball and basketball competitively in travel ball, which like no one does that anymore. They're specialized at like age 10. Right. Um, but it was, it was again, like I always, and in middle school, I wanted, I wanted to get the five sport awards. So I played all five sports. Um, but slowly started to go down a path of either where I thought my skills were best or that what I loved the most. And so that was volleyball and basketball for me. Um, probably by eighth grade, I started to, to specialize and that's why I started travel ball with both of those. Did you ever get into beach volleyball? You grew up on the beach. It's interesting. So beach as a sport has really emerged in the last 10 years for high school, um, middle school. Um, we had access to the beach, so we sure played it, but it wasn't really a competitive opportunity for us. It was more of a recreational opportunity. Um, but now it's a collegiate sport and, and because of all the success in the Olympics, I mean, the Olympics has really kind of created, um, an interest and an excitement and it's filtered down and trickled down. Um, so I played in one beach tournament post my collegiate career. Cause it was like, what's next. There's yeah. not a lot of professional opportunities. Um, and so I was like, this is something I can do and do for fun. And I almost died um, because oh, of no. the heat. I mean, it's such, it's such a different game. <clears throat> and I was so cocky and so arrogant and just thought my skills are going to translate to greatness. <laughs> it was very humbling. Um, and so that was <laughs> not my career path. I was not going to make it. I was not going to be the next Gary Walsh, Misty May. And I realized that very quickly. <laughs> It's fun. I mean, it's kind of funny because you had a reason to be so cocky. Did you, <laughs> didn't you guys win like five championships or something? You went to uh, UF, yes, uh, we, Florida. I was very fortunate to be a part of a very successful era. And I mean, I was at the early years of Mary Wise. Um, she's now the winningest female coach of all time. Um, and so, yes, we got, we won five SEC championships. I participated in three final four national championships. and. It was truly a product, a byproduct of great teams. Um, and, I, and I was fortunate to be a part of that. But I think that's what was humbling and the opportunity to go on and coach is that just because you're good indoor does not mean you're great outdoor. Right. Um, it just it truly is such a different game. Um, and what's cool about that now, because it is, it is a club sport and it is a collegiate sport, it's more opportunities for women um, yeah, because it's not the same athlete, although some can do both very well. Um, it's a very different sport. Well, I mean, just on your legs alone, you know, your feet and your calves and your quads, you know, dealing with sand versus being in shoes on a floor. Right. That yes. alone is all of the X factors, yeah. weather, the heat, the terrain, um, two people versus six, you know, the uniforms, the uniforms. Yes. <laughs> yes. That leads to dieting. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's just it's a very, very different sport. And one of, um, you know, probably one of my best skill sets, I would never go back. If I went back into the sport today, I would never have played what I played position wise because 
I was a middle and I, I would literally be the smallest middle in the country right now um, is I would, I would be on the defensive side of the ball, like a libero or something. And so that, that is what I thought would translate to the beach really well is just my ball control. Um, but it was, it was all the other factors that I, I was not game for. I way <laughs> preferred the air conditioned to gym. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, especially in the summer around here. Yes. Oh, yes. good God. Um, do you still follow the sport? I do. I wish closer. Like when I first got out five years ago, um, I was, you know, I was dialed in and following everything. I used to be on the ABCA coaches poll and I was on the all American committee. And so all of this, when I left the sport, I still, it was still so close to me that, you know, I felt like I did check in every day and know what was going on score wise, report wise, uh, poll wise. Um, and I think just life and busy and other directed. Um, I'm not as connected, but I follow my Gators really, really closely. And I follow <laughs> the Bulls really closely, near and dear to my heart. Um, the game's changed a lot. And so quite honestly, when I go to spectate, as much as I appreciate the game, I'm like, sometimes what's going on? Um, so it's, it's, it's very interesting. I know the X's and O's, but the dynamics of the sport are just changing so fast. It's because the athletes are changing and the really? game's played at such a higher, faster, more physical level. It's very similar to the guy's game as I knew it back in my era. So it's really fun, um, fun to watch. That's pretty cool. I don't think I knew that. You, um, you know, you didn't just graduate college five years ago. You spent some time coaching. Yes. Um, you were first at, well, you were at USF first as an assistant coach and then as head coach, which is amazing what do you think helped you in your ability to lead the team? You know, I always say I'm in, in, in many people go that this, this, this is not the right response, but I am constantly saying how lucky I've been. And I really have. I mean, a lot of it, I'm sure there's the skill set behind what I've done, but I've, I've been really lucky um, with my path and my journey. And when I graduated from the university of Florida, I was sport management degree, exercise science. Um, I used to joke, but I was really serious that my favorite class every day was from three to six in the gym with Mary Wise. And that's where <laughs> I learned um, a lot, but also it's where I, I created a passion and a drive and a goal of wanting to be a collegiate coach. Um, she was a role model and is a role model for me today. And so I got the great opportunity, just like any other job via networking. I coached camp after camp after camp in college. Um, that's where I developed a network um, of of coaches. Um, and I had a friend that took a risk on me right out of college, hired me as an assistant coach at Boston college, actually, which it was only a six month stint, but it was the <laughs> stint that I needed to, to make me know that this is what I wanted to be doing. Um, it was too cold for you. It was freezing. And <laughs> I mean, I got paid pennies and I didn't care. I've never cared really quite honestly. I, I I've always wanted to just do what I love to do. And, and you know, the, the salary or whatever I'm getting paid will eventually pay off. So I, I was literally making pennies and I was living on the head coach's sofa um, oh in her apartment, uh, drove up, left Gainesville and was just leap of faith. And I was like, and it was, I was like, I'm going here. I have no idea what's going to happen or where this is going to take me, but it's going to give me the opportunity to see if this is the profession I want to be in. Um, and so from there, I had an opportunity to come back home, which coaches could spend a lifetime doing, you know, they get in their foot in the door and they, they, they skip and jump all over the country from different levels and mid-majors. And their goal is either 
you know, the big 10, the, the, the power five conferences, or it's to get back close to home. And right. so here I am with my second job, um, coming back and I'm at USF as an assistant coach. Um, so that was crazy to me. Um, so I embraced it for all it was worth. Um, I had, I got elevated after a couple of years to the recruiting coordinator position. Um, and then the head coach left, um, soon after that for another opportunity. And, you know, I was in a pool of candidates and I think again, it was, I had established myself. Um, and I was fortunate that the staff that was hiring was, you know, there with me. Um, and I would say take, took a risk on me, but also felt confident because they, they had seen our staff work together and really develop, you know, a winning program. And so I was fortunate enough to kind of get handed over yeah. uh, the opportunity and I just kept jumping offices in our little building <laughs> um, and, and had the, the great opportunity to be the head coach there for eight years. That's phenomenal. And to, to be able to do that so soon after you graduated is, I don't know, I'm a little jealous. I, I, <laughs> I, I had to bop around more and, but you know, I think it's good no matter what. Right. Um, but that cold up there can just kill mm. you. Yes, but really cool because I love to travel. And so it was great to experience Boston. What an incredible city. Um, but to your point, it's way better to visit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I lived through a, a fall winter um, and it was pretty treacherous. Not to mention we walked from the apartment to, to the campus. Um, so it was it was eye opening, but it was it was the exact eye opening experience I needed to know that I loved coaching. Um, but it was also super humbling because I came from the University of Florida, where as a collegiate student athlete, I thought that's what all collegiate coaching experiences or playing experiences were like um, because I was young and naive. Uh, and so to go someplace where Boston College is this high academic institution, but their, their athletic resources are way limited um, and they have like 34 sports and head coaches are in cubicles and you know, it was a very different experience. It was humbling. It put me down this path that was like, okay, I understand we don't all fly via private jet and um, have, oh my God. Uh, have, you know, have these unlimited resources uh, at our disposal, um, which I think is important for everyone to experience at some point in their life because then it makes you work for all the right reasons. Right. And whether it's, you know, in your home life or, you know, and growing up or exactly in your career. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point. It's kind of like everybody should be a waitress at some point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I worked at Talbot's as well once and Honey Baked Ham in my life. All of those were very, <laughs> they helped mold me and appreciate so many different um, professions. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's something interesting that I came upon while doing research. Oh about your time as a coach. <laughs> Tell me about the Claire Lessinger show. The Claire Lessinger show. Well, <laughs> it, it's, it's not as exciting as you probably hoped that it would be. Um, basically, again, I feel like I was, you know, at the tail end or the front end of just some of these things evolving. Um, this was, um, you know, from a social media standpoint, uh, this was the front end of coaches shows. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like I was part of that test market and where, <laughs> where, you know, we, we hosted a Claire Lessinger show once a week that was really about promoting our program and highlighting what may have happened that week or, um, you know, the players on our team. Um, it was fun and it was great and it's crazy. I'm, I have not seen an episode of that in a long, long time. Um, but I'm sure it has evolved greatly. 
<laughs> in terms of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, but it was fun to be a part of because um, from a marketing standpoint, I was always one that really pushed that team um, to think outside the box and to find unique ways um, to separate ourselves uh, from a marketing standpoint and limited resources. Um, that's, you know, clearly social media right. was, was a way to do that. Um, and so that was fun to, to be a part of and, and embrace. I, I had Erica Brennan on a oh, couple of weeks ago. She's awesome. And with her, I found, uh, she did like a, a, um, almost like a karaoke thing. Oh, that's awesome. That it's doesn't amazing. surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> it was so amazing. Um, when, uh, uh, just for my listeners, you know, with Erica's episode, we talked about how Erica and I had recently met at an event and at that event, I was on a panel and in comes Claire to sit <laughs> um, down and she's waving to like three of us on the panel and then Erica <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, was, but I was really excited that you were there. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. You did a bang of job. Oh, that thank was you. Very, very cool. The, the panel's still being talked about today. I was on a call this morning with um, the, the wise group. It was a debrief. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Some very, very positive comments um, and how it was a, very dynamic, real, authentic um, session that the students really embraced. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. very nice to hear. Thanks for telling me that. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for compliments. <laughs> I just like them. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to make one of my hard uh, changes in topics like I do as an awkward human being sometimes. <laughs> you, um, after about 13 years, you ended up leaving the program to help care for your mom. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what it was like making that choice and, um, and you know, how she's doing today? Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was at a crossroads personally, um, and professionally. And so things just kind of came, came down all at once, which is sometimes just what you need and, and to, 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 to figure out what you're made of. Right. And so, yeah. um, I had just started to, to quite honestly, you know, uh, question if, if this was still the right profession, um, for me. And so I was working through some things personally, um, because of just the rigors of it. And I had two boys and that was starting to, the travel was starting to affect, um, you know, my presence as a mother and well, in the midst of all of this, and usually this is fairly cyclical. I think coaches go through this quite a bit, especially after a season, you know, right. Only one you're exhausted. Wins, right. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's ending on a loss and you're regrouping and you're exhausted and you have these thoughts and it's natural. And then you just get totally fired up and regeared up and, you know, you go back through it all again. And so that wasn't at this point, wasn't happening for me. So I was like, what's happening? Why am I not getting my like crazy excitement again? And almost simultaneously, um, my mom, uh, was diagnosed actually for the second time. She was diagnosed with, um, stage one breast cancer a few years before, um, and, and had, had had a clean bill of health and was doing well. And then this is really crazy. I got a call from her and I was actually in the same airport. I was, this is like the exact same timing as if this had happened twice in my life. Um, I got a call from her and she had been diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Oh my God. And so, I mean, just the sound of that, you know where that's headed, right? And so all of this just really made me do so much self 
evaluation. And, um, I was like, you know what, this is, this is my time. This is my time to just jump and be there for my mom and be available. Um, I have no idea what this is going to mean. I don't know what this timeline is. Um, I'm, you know, my sister's in Louisville and, um, I, I went to treatments with her, you know, when, when she was battling breast cancer. And so I was like, you know, I just, I just, I want to be available. And so again, so this is kind of happening. And then I get a call, um, from Rob and Rob and I had worked together, you know, to rewind Rob and I worked together at USF. He worked in event management and marketing and he came up through USF. Um, I mean, I think he was a basketball manager in high school. I mean, he bleeds green and gold and, you know, I think filled so many different roles there. And I had the opportunity to work with them. We worked closely and then had the opportunity to work with them again in 2009 when the women's volleyball national championship came here. I was the head coach at USF. I got to serve on the local organizing committee and have, you know, a real seat at the table and some of the prep and planning. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea this is what the sports commission does. And this is the coolest job ever. Like I remember walking away from it and Rob's leadership. Um, and, and creative vision is something I just always admired. So we had always stayed in touch and, you know, had, had recently had a lunch and there's no turnover at the sports commission. No one leaves. I mean, it's a testament to people loving what they do and loving working for Rob and the culture that he's created. But he called and um, at that time there was a position coming available and asked if I was interested. I was like, Oh my God. So here's like potential, you know, crossroads of dream opportunity, stepping away from something. And the only thing I really knew up until that point in time was coaching. Um, a question of what is a transferable skill set um, right. and my mom. Uh, and so anyways, Rob being as amazing as he is, you know, we, we really talked through all of this and his support was incredible. Um, and so, you know, it, it all, a lot, it all came together. Um, and the best news of all of that is that my mom is now years. Um, I don't know if we go with the term cancer free cause she's, um, you know, she'll, she'll be on chemo the rest of her life of some sort, but her scans are clean. And Moffat continues to tell her that she's a miracle that, you know, based off her diagnosis and she just was like 5% that respond as well as she did to her treatment. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely an unbelievable, it's been an unbelievable journey. Um, and things happen for a reason. Couldn't believe more firmly in that. And sometimes you just got to roll with punches and you got to go with your gut. And I did a lot of those at one time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, I, first of all, I'm so glad about your mom. I mean, I had obviously read that, which is good. And I didn't ask you anything awkward there. Um, (laughs) but, and Moffitt's great. I mean, oh my gosh, fabulous. Moffitt Cancer Center for those people listening is, um, a local, um, cancer treatment center, basically. Right. And research center, I believe. One of the best in the world. And, um, they're, they're incredible and they do a lot of great work in the, um, community. And so a lot of the different organizations around here partner with them. And I've had an opportunity to kind of get to know what they do a little bit through that. So, um, but you know, that it's funny when timing works the way it does. Right. right? Um, you know, I've talked before about, I didn't get this one job that I really wanted. And then six months later, this job became available. Right. And how, you know, okay, I didn't get X job. Maybe, you know, something else is coming now. Right. Right. So, um, 
you know, had you been, um, you know, going through your normal cycle of, you know, getting ready for the next season, Rob might not have thought to call you to join him. Right. Yeah. I mean, you just truly never know. And, you know, I, when I have the opportunity to speak to, um, you know, young coaches and we're partnering with the Alliance of Women's Coaches this Monday, actually, for an event. And Mary Wise is coming in as the keynote. It's at Amelie Arena. And, you know, I, I, I continue to want to be a role model for female coaches. And I know I'm a bad example of one that got out, but that, that part of my life was so rewarding and so fulfilling. I loved every minute of it. And I've always said the second you start to not love this, that you just need to get out because as a head coach, everything trickles down and that grind is intense. And if, if you're not passionate about what you're doing or loving it as much as you used to, or, you know, as committed as you once were, that is very recognizable by your staff, by your players, and in your recruiting. And so for me, that's, that's what I was starting to recognize. And I was fearing that because I was like, I've always told myself, you know, if, if, if I get to this place, um, this, there's way too many other people, um, that, that are invested and can be affected, um, by this. So it's just crazy that it all happened at once because it, it brought more clarity. Um, sure. just because it was like outside circumstances making me, you know, check myself a little more. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it would have been very easy to just keep rolling. Along. Right. Right. Um, is, um, Mary still one of your mentors? Yes, she is, you know, and we have, it's one of the, I'm, I'm kind of, I wish I was better with mentors. I, and I talk about mentorship a lot and I actually <laughs> yeah. mentor a lot because I, I think it's so important and, and I'm not, I'm not great at, um, being a mentee. Yes, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I wish I were better. I, what I do have is I feel like I have certain people that I go to for certain things. I don't have this one catch all. Um, but sure. I think that's important. Um, you know, that, that, that people along your journey and your, whether it's personal or professional path serve different purposes. Um, but Mary is definitely one of those. And she's just someone that regardless whether we check in regularly, um, she's on a pedestal, you know, yeah. for me, she's someone I will always look up to. She is, um, she's the gold standard, uh, you know, in, in the coaching profession. And then as a female with two young boys, we have a lot in common. So that's right. another thing is, you know, and to, to, to sustain success at the highest level for 20 plus years is one of the hardest things to do. And so I just, I do, I admire her. Um, I have the opportunity to cross paths with her, um, you know, throughout the years and, um, you know, hopefully we'll get a women's volleyball national championship back here again. And how cool would it be if they were in it? Um, but, uh, yes, she is absolutely a mentor to me and I'm not sure she even knows how much of a mentor she is because a lot of what she has provided me as, you know, I've, I've been more of an observer sure, um, and, and learned so much from her. Yeah. I think we all have those people in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm like, go to about different things or, um, who I know may have a different skill set that would be better, you know, right. Able to handle me in a particular situation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but but then there are always those people. I mean, you had the opportunity, obviously, to play for her. But there are those people that are 
kind of on a pedestal that you always look like Billie Jean King. Right? Oh, right. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm just going to watch what she does and right and right. try and, you know, well, I can't play tennis for shit, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to like put Mary on the spot because I was in, in college, such, such a different, different person um, than I am now, although I, I have a lot of the, you know, same core values and, and qualities and characteristics, but um, I was fearless and I was, you know, I always tested my limits and that was just who I was. And I think as, as a coach and coaching me was, there was definitely potentially a love hate relationship. And I think she <laughs> would go on record saying that. Um, because she knew she was always going to get 110% from me, but that was at everything that I did. So <laughs> that could, that could be good or bad. Right. right. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I think what, what's cool about our relationship, we just recently had this enormous alumni weekend up at Florida and, um, you know, there, I have always taken such pride in and being a Gator and having the opportunity to play for her and, and to be a part of that program. I keep in touch with not only the teammates I played with, but the teams that surrounded me and sure. were even in my era. Um, and so, you know, I know she recognizes that and, and, you know, when needed, we'll reach out um, for, for a leader to help, you know, real people in and we, we had a sure. huge group go watch them in the final four this year. And it was the nineties that were the most well-represented and, <laughs> you know, I will, I'll, I will get everyone on board, um, <laughs> you know, to go back and relive the glory days and support our coach and support our program. And, um, you know, that that's a testament to the, to the experience she provided all of us. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think, I don't know. I didn't play college sports. Right. But I think about, um, running and my coach that coached us and you know we've got a facebook group of people from all different uh years oh that's awesome yeah it's pretty cool yeah and it's a sisterhood right yeah. it's 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 funny you know it's not as super active but you know every once in a while there's you know a call to action someone you know unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer like a couple years ago it Everyone happened to be one together. of his daughters uh. So, and she ran as well and she's a coach and, um, but then other times it's like, okay, what's everyone up to? I told them about my podcast and they, you know, or that right, down right. here and they're like, yeah, it's that's your team. freaking amazing. Yeah. You know? Nothing's and, better than teammates. Yeah. Right. So I love that. And family. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Or both. Cats. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I have problems. Um, I'll have to be a Gators fan, I guess, if they uh, if they come back to Tampa, if we get another finals. Yes, I would hope that you know, I'm going to I'm going to convert you if that's going to take work. I've got I, it in me. I mean, <laughs> being from Massachusetts, having gone to UMass, there isn't that crazy college athletic dynamic mm -hmm. except UConn because. Oh, ugh, right. Well, that's UConn. a good one. But right. Other than that, you know, it, the college football scene isn't a thing. Right. It's not as prevalent as down here. And so, and, you know, SEC versus whatever we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know. 
Well, we've changed conferences. I know. I can't, and keep, I, up I can't keep up with the shuffle either. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. So like you guys are, you know, <laughs> in like one of those and all of the schools down here are. Right. And yeah. so fives, it, yeah. it's insane. It is. Yes. Yes. The, yeah. the intensity gets crazy. Where's your, where'd your husband go to school? So he went to Arizona state. Okay. Um, and so it's good. We, there, there's no real rivalry there. Yeah. Um, I think they're good in softball. Um, they've had, they've had some breakout like basketball random years. Um, but no, and he's not, although he had a great experience, he played college volleyball there, but for the club team and we met in coaching. So he was coaching volleyball at Ohio university. Oh my God. That's so cute. When we met and really weird. And ironically, he was the assistant coach at Texas tech when they played us Florida, um, in the NCAA tournament. So like he was an assistant coach on the bench, you know, when I was, an upperclassman, junior, senior, um, and they almost beat us and it would have been a major upset. Um, but I didn't know that till later that he was like on that bench. Um, so crazy. Yeah. So we met in coaching. Um, he's been migrating East ever since high school, born, raised in California. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yep. What does he do now? Now he's a pharmaceutical rep. So when he was coaching at Ohio, I was coaching at USF. We yep. were both head coaches. Clearly one of us had to give it up. Um, and he was all in, he and was, Florida is nicer than Ohio. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I know Sorry, I've been yes. migrating East, but I'd like to be migrating warm East. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, he literally, yep. Once, once, uh, we dated long distance for two years and then he, he packed up, drove all the way through the night. And, oh my God. And on a coach's schedule. Right. Right. Yes. We, our dates were on recruiting trips. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I'll meet you at court 13. <laughs> that is so funny. I love that. Yeah, but our, at least our universities are sort of paying for, for opportunities to see each other. <laughs> see, you've got, you've got to use the resources that you have, right? Yes, maximize them. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Business calls are on the rise, so don't miss the chance to connect and bring in new customers. With Ruby Receptionists, all your calls are guaranteed to be answered live by a team of friendly, professional remote receptionists, helping you secure customers and build trust. Ruby is the only live remote receptionist service dedicated to helping business owners turn rings into relationships. From their offices in Portland, Oregon, Ruby delivers exceptional experiences to your callers by answering calls live in English or Spanish, transferring calls, taking messages, addressing common questions, making follow-up calls, and more, just like an in-house receptionist at a fraction of the cost. Most importantly, they sound like they're sitting in your office. To learn more or get started, visit them online at callruby.com or better yet, call them 888-340-RUBY. That's 888-340-RUBY. When you first started, what was the first uh, at Tampa Sport Bay Sports Commission? Um, which I guess let's back up a little bit. Okay. Why don't you tell everyone, because I'm talking to you because I know it, but what the Tampa Bay Sports Commission is? Sure. Um, we are a not-for-profit 501c3 um, that is the lead organization that bids on and then hosts the sporting events in our community, sports and entertainment events in our community. Um, and so we're in-house with the Convention and Visitors Bureau, Visit Tampa Bay, similar mission. They're recruiting convention business. We're recruiting sports and entertainment business. 
Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, everything from your Super Bowls on down to your youth volleyball tournaments at the Tampa Convention Center um, is, is what we work on day to day. And we, and we see that process all the way through from, you know, pre- getting the RFP, the request for proposal, submitting that bid, you know, bid pitching for that bid, and then executing the business once won. So it's never boring. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, what was your first event that you, that you were a part of? So it was interesting. I got brought on board as the sales and events manager. Um, and it was actually really cool because, um, you know, again, this, this goes back to Rob, like potentially seeing something to me that I didn't see in myself. I was super passionate about the job and the organization and was like, you know, I felt like I was back at a tryout. Like, you know, I am going to work my ass off and, you know, earn my spot on this team type thing. But it was a huge learning curve. Um, you know, I, I, it took a, it took a little while for me to understand what transferable skill sets were going to be assets to the organization, but also then just learning the hospitality industry and speaking in acronyms that I had no idea what anyone was talking about. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I just kept being like, man, maybe it's going to be three months. No, I think maybe six months I'll start crushing it. Ah, it might be eight months. Like, <laughs> um, and so it really did take me time, um, not to just get my feet wet, but to get super comfortable and confident in in what I was bringing to the table and, you know, I was surrounded by a great team, um, at the sports commission. And so when I first got on board, I was doing more salesy stuff and I was going to some of our national conventions. Um, I was doing a lot of prospecting and, you know, researching emerging markets and trying to find new business uh, for Tampa. And that was really, really interesting. And the other thing that I did a lot of was just sit in rooms and listen and take a gazillion notes. I'm like, can I just, just take me everywhere with you? Because yeah. there's just so much to learn. And Rob, you can learn from every day, just listening to him. Um, and so it wasn't till, um, we were on the clock for women's final four, um, in 2015 that, that I, you know, I, I shifted my roles a little bit, um, more towards, um, special events and serving as a direct liaison, kind of, kind of the quarterback, lack of a better term, um, for the NCAA. So, we're on the clock right now for the women's final four coming back in 2019. And it's a true year long preparation process. They'll come in on their first site visits here in the next couple of weeks and they come every month. And so I was managing those day-to-day operations, you know, the correspondence that was going back and forth to the NCAA, planning those site visits, starting to put together and piece together all their ancillary events, all their social impact initiatives and, and doing that on a day-to-day basis because we're a small team. And so sales and events still has to run and, you know, EDI still has to run. And we have all these other things that happen annually and cyclically um, that not everyone can just stop what they're doing and, and, and do women's final four only for a year. So, um, you know, Rob really empowered me uh, to, to serve as, in that role in 2015. Um, and then we all do, we all do eventually with all these major events shift gears where everyone falls into their lane and they have, we all have specialties as it relates to these major events. Um, And so I remember going to Nashville and I went out for the entire week of the women's final four prior to Tampa hosting um, their executive director on their 
their sports commission was incredible, granted me like full access. I sat in their staff meetings. We talked everything, you know, budget. I went to everything. I was just this fly on the wall. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the event that's about to come to Tampa. Like this is insane and incredible. (laughs) Uh, So it was my first big major event. um, And it was probably the best first major event I could have worked from my perspective because it, it does challenge you in so many different ways, shape and form. It has so much social impact um, that comes along with it. So many free ancillary events that required so much marketing and promoting. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's their tagline is it's way more than three games and it truly is. Uh, so for me, the learning opportunity was off the charts. Um, and then we haven't slowed down since then. So, you know, right. then it was frozen Four. then it was college football national championship. Now it's women's final four coming back Super Bowl you know, on the horizon, um, SEC uh, basketball championship coming. We have a slew of D2 championships. Um, so that was kind of the event that gave me my wings. Um, and then after that year, I shifted in director of special events role and, and, and have had continued to serve, you know, that role with the major events and then take on, um, you know, some other roles um, outside of that because we're a team of six. So we right. wear a lot of hats, you know, that. Um, which is cool because I'm constantly diversifying my portfolio. I'm constantly getting opportunities to, um, you know, expand um, and learn daily, uh, which is really important to me because I get bored really quick. So, Same. yes, coaching and my job at the Sports Commission have been perfect fits for my need to move and do something different all the time and feel impactful. Like that's very, very, very high on my priority list. So sure. Fills all the buckets. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm always amazed at the fact that it's such a small group and these are, I mean, college football, you know, championships is a ginormous event with so much going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, incredible you um prior to one of the events um you decided that you needed to to amp up your own uh training <laughs> i need to do that again so yes let's talk about this so be good. <laughs> so um from like a your own personal physical standpoint mm-hmm. why is it important i mean other than general health like we all but why is right. it particularly important for your position Mm -hmm. that you get into a certain level of shape. Right. Um, So, I mean, quite honestly, and not to be corny, but it was, you know, our tagline is game day every day. And it truly like, there's no cheesiness to that. It is so accurate. It is the mentality in our office and nothing resonated more with me than that tagline is that was my life that I've, you know, game day every day is what I feel I've lived. But from an athlete's perspective, there is nothing more fun than game day. Like it's from the second you get up to your pregame meal, to whatever music you're blaring in your car, to your headphones, to, you know, and so I have, I had this when I was preparing for women's final four. And once I came back from Nashville and I was like, Oh my gosh, this event is incredible. And it's a monster. Like it is like the best monster. I was like, I need to go back into preseason double day training. Like that's what I felt like from an <laughs> athlete's perspective. I was like, I need to get in shape. 
I need to be able, like my endurance, I need to improve my endurance. There's going to be long nights, you know, there sleepless nights. And so it really, it, it, I, it's so funny that this ended up coming out in the article because I was joking to the reporter <laughs> about it and I saw his eyes light up and I'm like, oh my God, this just took a spin. Like this yeah. is going to be what this is all about. Um, but, but it really was like, I, I got a personal trainer. I did a handful of juice cleanses. I was like, I needed to get into like, you know, boxing shape. And that's what, that's what I felt like going into it. But it was kind of cool because it brought my inner athlete out in me, which, you know, for, for anyone who's played sports or coached sports, as long as I had, when that's over, there's always a piece of you missing. Yeah. Um, and so this, this gig, I mean, the sports commission fills it in so many ways, but this, that was the first time I was like, oh my God, I need to get back in shape, like, <laughs> like real shape. <laughs> well, and so it was super fun because I did, I, I felt like I, like championship day was going to be my day. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, you, so you're walking around constantly, mm-hmm. whether or not anybody can actually find you on those days. Right. <laughs> right. Because that's what you're doing. Um, it, it, at the level that you're at, you're, you're helping with the elite people within those organizations and all their parties and, and all of that. And you're trying to make a really great impression so that they come back. Right. Yes. You that's know, and, right and, there and create the that relationship. Back. And so, you know, like, it's like a marathon. Totally. In my world. Absolutely. It is. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I had not trained for a marathon. So I volleyball is short, fast, quick, you know, anything we did was, you know, you need to be able to go hard and fast for 30 seconds. That was, you know, a long rally. So that is exactly the mentality I had is like, oh my gosh, no, this is a different, this is a different type of, you know, um, training that I need to prepare myself for. Um, and it was fun. What did you do with the train? Like what, what did he, he or she have you do? Yeah. So my trainer, she's still my trainer today, but like I said, we need to ramp game. I just, I mean, I've had a few major events clearly since the women's final four, but I did (laughs) kick back into my women's final four training gear. Um, but no, uh, she's a dear friend. Um, Aaron at Bayshore fit is just fabulous. Um, I, I mean, I'm a beat up injured athlete and washed up. So like, this isn't like an easy, I'm giving her easy a look. job. Yeah. She is giving me a look, but no, I, I had tore both my ACLs. Oh I my have God. had a run. The body is like the, the glory days have been long over, like right <laughs> after that beach tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she was, she had no idea what a handful she was getting, um, but she just was phenomenal for me in so many ways, shapes, and form. Um, and clearly, that's what what we did in the gym. But but just personally, she's such a dear friend. Um, but she was super slow and steady, and you know, it's kind of like she 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 saw the fire in my eyes. So she, but she was scared of that because she's like, we, we "You're going to get hurt." This. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> And so she was on to all that. It was really amazing. Um, And so we went slow and steady until, you know, I got into a really good groove and then she just kind of let me run. So it was like two days a week. Then it was four days a week. Then it was five days a week. And then she's like, you need to rest. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we did everything from a lot of cross training, um, you know, and then, then we went hard cardio and then we started amping up the strength and, It was, it was a, plus I was nearing 40. So I had a, I had another chip on my shoulder, like, you know, (laughs) 40's it. It's going to be the new 20 for me. Um, and, uh, so 
she kicked me into amazing an amazing gear and um it was it was really fun you um you switched up your eating habits a little bit at the same time too mm-hmm. what what kind of impact did that have on you so again another thing i need to go back to you know i think nutrition is so important um to to everything but for me it was sleep and energy um both of those and um i just see such a positive you know, change in, in my daily energy levels. And then also my sleep when I, when I eat clean, I mean, it's just, it's not brain surgery. I mean, we've all, I've done a a ton of fad diets and tried things that I want quick fixes and they all work, but like until you're committed to a true routine and just changing your habits, I mean, eating clean is everyone knows what that means. And you just do that. And it, it just gave me a very different skip to my step. It also like the clarity that it brought. That was yeah. the other thing. Like I'm scattered as it is. And so I have to overwork, you know, to keep myself organized, not to mention like be present at home and husband and kids and everything they're doing. Um, and so <laughs> the more I get like start fraying and, you know, if nutrition goes and exercise goes and I just, I, I can become a disaster. So I'm very self-aware of that. And so when I can get it all to like, you know, be fairly place. structured, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not structured, but I need structure. Um, it, I, I, I benefit. I'm sure everyone around me can see a major difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sleep alone. We love talking oh. about sleep on this podcast. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it has such a huge impact on, on you. And it totally does. And you joke that it's overrated. So not right. overrated. Like. Right. You have to like, I have to build up to be able to manage those sleepless nights that I'm not going to have, you know, it's like we, I know I'm going to not get sleep during an event. So I have to like build yeah. <laughs> that endurance to be able to make it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, you know, I don't think we ever really think much about those aspects of, you know, our life having an impact on our job performance. Right. You right. Know, we don't yeah. think much about like working out or how we eat or, you know, how right. much sleep we're getting, whether or not that's going to help. I mean, there's been, you know, more and more out there, especially over the last five years alone. Right. I mean, Ariana Huffington has, you know, brought the whole sleep revolution thing. Right. Right. Um, I, I mean, professional athletes, it, it may, you know, you, there's more, you almost see the connection more. Right. 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 Whereas no, like, yep. you know, Planning these giant events, you you don't, or being a lawyer, you don't really right think about it. So um, I think you know, in your situation, you actually do get to see it a little bit more because you literally are running around. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, I think it's a mentality. Like, I mean, wh- why do athletes, you know, have these structured workouts, nutrition? It's performance, right? Yep. It helps their performance. It translates the same for all of us. Um, you know, it's just a matter of how you look at it. Sure. I don't know that I, you know, when I read that article and giggled to myself, of course, (laughs) um, I don't know that I was thinking about it as the same way that you and your love of game day and like the lead up to game day were Mm -hmm. thinking of it. So now that's like a whole different, you know, huh? Okay. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know on my game days. I mean, last year, 
<laughs> Last year, I would play this song that had been released with a video that I just fell in love with, an old school song about our team. And I, I, I had to play it on like Facebook <laughs> as I was driving and keep clicking it because I'm insane. And there was nowhere else I could find it. Oh, my gosh. Um, but that's what got me ramped up. Can you reveal what that is? What song? After, after okay. yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, see? Like, never get you going. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the really cool things that you implemented, um, I think, with that first Final Four was the Beyond series. Can you tell us what that is? Sure. Um, yes, the Beyond series. So let's rewind. Um, in 2015, and actually I'll take you back to 2008 when I wasn't with the Sports Commission, um, you know, Rob and team hosted a Beyond, it was called Beyond the Baseline. And it was a luncheon. Um, it was a luncheon for some um, key influencers and supporters of the Women's Final Four, um, women's um, influencers and supporters. And it was hosted on game day and it was hosted at the arena and it was awesome. Um, and so that carried on. We hosted the frozen four again, followed the women's final four and we hosted a beyond the blue line and it was a luncheon and it was the same model. Um, when 2015 came around, you know, Rob, Rob shared with me what we had done in the past. And at the time, um, their director of championships was really, really passionate about, she had, she just had some, significant hot buttons that, you know, she wanted this, this championship to become. And, you know, for us in Tampa, you know, we were working to hit those. And, and one of them was this women's empowerment, women's initiative. And, you know, we already had this model and um, what we wanted to do was really blow it up and, 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 you know, <clears throat> create a series of events and, connect deeper into our community. Um, and the whole goal of this was here we are hosting the women's premier championship. This is the creme de la creme, the pinnacle, right? Um, especially for collegiate championships. And the more women we can, you know, rally in support of this. And at the time it wasn't about being a women's basketball fan. It was about being a fan of women and supporting women. And so, you know, we, we, as uh, the sports commission and the community were, you know, somewhat challenged to, to ramp it up. And then we challenged ourselves above and beyond that. And so I remember, and this is, this is what I think is so cool about this community is I remember just starting to Google women's organizations here locally. And there's a gazillion of so them. So many. There really are, which was mind blowing. And yeah. so I was like, okay, where to begin? And I started with some sources or resources that I was familiar with and one being India Witty at WLP USF. And um, so I met with her and I had a coffee with her and she was like, you know, I told her what we were doing and she loved it. She was all in. She served on our committee. We had a small kind of ad hoc committee that was about brainstorming what these events would look like, what they would be, wanted them to be different in nature, scope, size, scale, um, but all to have the same like mission and what we were trying to accomplish. And so India, um, you know, loved it and was super supportive and was like, okay, here's four more names. You know, you need to go have coffee with these women. And so I did, I reached out to all of them. I had coffee with all of them, with every one of them. They're like, and you need to go have coffee with these four women. Yeah. I was like, just living in a coffee shop. I told Rob, I'm like, just so you know, I send think, everyone to Oxford yes, exchange I think <laughs> from like eight to 10 up until the final four, I'm going to be at a coffee shop. 
Um, but I was blown away by the support and the network. And, you know, these women cross over. I mean, they could be deemed competitive organizations in terms of what they do, but they're not. And, and it, they were so helpful and resourceful. And the next thing you know, it's just like, there's this herd behind us. Like <laughs> it was amazing. Um, and so we hosted these events and, um, you know, they were all different in nature and, NCAA was blown away and, you know, they, they engaged too. They, they ended up hosting a beyond the baseline event, um, the day of the championship where we hosted a little bit of programming. Um, and from Tampa, they took the brand with them. Um, and it's been trademarked since, um, oh my gosh. and so beyond the baseline has, is now a legacy initiative of theirs that started in Tampa. It's a legacy initiative of ours. We rebranded it to beyond series so that, you know, we can, we can, you know, we can mold it as needed to each major event that we host beyond the blue line for, you know, NHL all-star. Right. That was um, amazing. Or, or um, frozen four. And we did beyond the goal line with college football national championship. And we've done a handful of other events, but it was really cool. So here I am coming off the heels of Columbus. I saw it in Dallas. I saw it in Indy. Um, and it's been just evolving um, ever since. And it's so cool to go into these in these other host communities and see what they're doing with it and seeing what the NCAA is infusing into it. So here I am in Columbus and they have built out this enormous footprint in their tourney town. That's beyond the baseline branded, the whole thing like VIP lounge. There's a spa Thursday to Saturday programming oh from nine to six. Like I was like, this is unreal. Um, and I'm sending pictures back to India and some of the key influencers that were part of it. I'm like, you guys are part of this, like, you know, and now it's coming back. How cool is this? I'm so, now so excited. Like, I know. So pretty fun to have something come completely full circle. Um, but what's cool is our community has kind of been not just teased. They've been engaged and immersed in this through each event. So, sure. you know, it's kind of like what's next. You know, they're all like, what's next? Uh, yeah. So here we have this awesome platform um, to blow it up once again. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I had lunch with Rob recently and I was like, you guys need to tell me how I can help. And he's like, well, you know, we're going to be doing the beyond stuff. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm in. Right. Yes, <laughs> I know. And it's been so fun. And that's been, that's really been like the vibe from, from everyone is how can I help? How can I participate? Um, you know, each one of the events has taken true to a form. I think it's complimented whatever major event was in town. Um, sure. But the, but the goal is, truly to create this empowering, inspiring event, but also that complements the championship also promotes whatever championship is here. Um, and, and also gives us another platform to just market the event, um, you know, to, to the women in our community. And I mean, on top of that, you know, as a great benefit to women in the community, particularly within our industry of sports, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it becomes another annual excuse to all get together. Absolutely. Yes. Is and I amazing. love that you see it like that. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to have a vision and to put an event together, but what people take from it can be very different. Oh, so I love that. That's how you see it. Yeah. Are you kidding? I'm like, okay, we need to get some dates on my calendar. Um, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like-minded people, right? Like-minded right. women. And it's, it's so fun. And well, and you, um, you know, there were, you had the opportunity this last go around to 
have it um, presented by Alyssa Milano's Touch Brand, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Right. Uh, we got a little gift bag and I love my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's so soft. It is so soft. so soft. Oh my gosh. Her stuff's great. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. It was um, she, her, her scheduling didn't really work out. I know. But bummer. We're going to get her back. I'm but her guys are great. I yeah. mean, they, you know. They represented her and her brand really her well. And she well. was such, that was such a perfect fit. So synergistic, right? Right. So, yeah. Because she's really big on, you know, the empowerment of women um, and in sports and, right. you know, all of that. So, um, Alyssa, I know you're listening, I hope, because <laughs> I told your rep about this. I would love to have you on. Uh, um, uh, you're, you're involved in a couple of other organizations that I, you know, I know are near and dear to your heart. So um, you're involved with USF's Women in Leadership and Philanthropy Group. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about what that is? Sure. You know, so... Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Indy and I connected personally in 2015 Women's Final Four. I was not a member at the time of WLP, but I was very familiar uh, with the organization, their mission, and their impact um, from working at USF. Uh, and um, I was always super interested um, in in what they did and being a part of it. And so the relationship that I built personally with India was a no-brainer. Um, you know, when, when Women's Final Four you know, when I kind of caught my breath after that, it was the first thing I did was join WLP. And I'll tell you, I'm so quick to say when people ask if I miss coaching, I'm always embarrassed. I'm like, no, I was like, but wait, sort of. I mean, the only thing I miss drastically is the mentoring of young women. Um, And that was something I just loved with coaching. I mean, I loved training and at the end of the day, when you're a head coach, you're very rarely doing what you love about the job. Um, You know, you're being pulled in a million different directions and you're like, when can I go to practice? You know, that's that's what I love to do. Right. Um, But I loved, loved, loved watching young women develop. I mean, college is, are those pivotal years and oh my gosh, just these raw freshmen coming in, whether it was athletically raw or just everything raw and watching them blossom to these, you know, amazing women by senior year. Um, I definitely missed being a part of that process. And so I so quickly, um, you know, got involved with the, the mentoring committee on WLPs um, with WLP and the scholars, I mean, that they have or that, 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 they're, that are part of WLP are unbelievable young women and a lot first gen and the resources and the services that WLP provides them through um, their organization is unreal. And so I joined quickly and I was part of the mentoring committee. Um, And then I helped launch um, this wise symposium initiative, which is where you were just a panelist. This is year two of that event. Um, and got to be a part of the thought leadership around the table that brainstormed this for students by students concept Yeah, where we had students apply to be a part of a wise advisory council. It was so competitive. I, I mean, the one thing I walk away from every year is like our country is in good hands. Like these young women eventually are brilliant and amazing and impressive. And yes, if like any of them, um, (laughs) could run the world. Um, but, uh, you know, what we did is we, we elevated and nominated, you know, eight of these, these women year one. And then as the mentoring committee, we served as their mentors to help them 
start up and operate their own event on campus. Awesome. So that's what's happened. And now, again, it's, this thing's off and running. Like, just truly, it's a testament to the leadership at WLP and the leadership that the mentors provided, but it's truly a testament to these unbelievable students that just embraced this leadership opportunity and um, resume building opportunity. Oh, for um, sure. So yeah. that was really cool. So. Yes, WLP is near and dear to my heart. I'm, you know, I'm now um, a part of their board um, and as active as I can possibly be when time permits. Right. <laughs> yeah, it can be hard. I mean, they've they do a couple of other events. The mm -hmm. one big event that I've been to the last right. few years, you invited me last year, and uh, prior to that, I. It's funny. So Claire invites me to this event. It's a, it's a luncheon and. Um, it's a great event. There's always an amazing, you know, speaker who you, no, yeah. you leave and you're like, oh, my God, I do nothing in my world. <laughs> we talk a lot about improving yourself and your skills on this podcast. If that's something you're interested in, check out Florida International University. They have 20 years of excellence in online education. FIU online students can take advantage of high impact opportunities that lead to success and leadership skills. Their online master's degrees are designed to meet the demands of busy professionals and offer flexibility for family obligations. Check out their website for more information at fiuonline.com slash podcast. That's fiuonline.com slash podcast. Another like testament to our community, right? The reason that you and I even know each other is because I wrote you that little note. Yep. When, You're absolutely so right. Yeah. Claire was named one of the most influential women in Tampa Bay sports. Um, and uh, I have this habit of writing notes to women in our industry when, you know, really great things happen. They get like the top job. So I've done it a lot with athletic directors. Um, actually just wrote a whole bunch today. That is um, awesome. And, you know, you get COO or, you know, something right, really right. big like that. So, um, and so I wrote a note even to our own organization's uh, email that was listed. Um, and uh, just, you know, to everyone, that's how I know Tracy. That's you right. Know, right. That's a, awesome. a bunch of these people. And, um, and so Rob, Rob kept being like, you guys need to meet. We're like, no, I mean, we've met ish. <laughs> right. Right. He's like, and, and I think like after the, I launched the podcast, he, he did like another intro email. We're like, no, no, we okay. actually know each other now. That's right. He did. He goes, I think it'd be good if you and Claire like copied. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we're three hours. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is great. I mean, and it's, you know, I know this isn't like, completely out there yet, but I know that we are working on getting a chapter of a very important organization mm -hmm. in our industry here. So that will be great. Very great. Um, but, but to your point, like it is, this community is so teamwork focused. It's hashtag team Tampa Bay. It is hashtag team Tampa Bay. And, and I think, you know, that's what outside of loving what you do, this community makes it really easy um, you know, to, to love what you do as well. Um, yeah. and it's such an all in mentality. And we, I mean, as a small organization, we would never be doing what we're doing without the support, um, of all of our community partners and the community itself. I mean, it is truly like, how can we help? How can we raise the bar? How can we, you know, 
we're not having to go out and talk people into things. It's a, you know, we're, we're in how, how do you need us mentality? And one of the things I didn't know about, I actually just learned when I had lunch with Rob was for a large event, like the Super Bowl or college football championships, you guys actually have to do a lot of fundraising Mm -hmm. because you actually pay for the event to happen. Correct. And not the event people themselves. Right. Yes, correct. Um, so every event is different um, and the financial model for each of them is different, but you're absolutely right. And in college football and Super Bowl specifically um, have huge, um, you know, fundraising campaigns um, attached to them. And so it does, it, you know, Rob really shifts into the lead and, and there'll be, you know, a Super Bowl host committee that's formed and there'll be a fundraising committee within the committee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, again, it'll be all hands on deck and with us being, you know, uh, a big city with a small town feel we need, we need everyone to, you know, step up to the plate, which is, which has continued to happen time after time. And, that's why we win stuff back. I mean, you touched on it earlier. We don't measure our success by winning the event once. It's if we win it back. And so mm-hmm. I think our our community and our community partners um, feel the exact same way. They know we don't want to be a one hit wonder. What was um, my one of my favorite things that you guys did was the day of or the day after football championships, there was a billboard <laughs> yeah. at our like busiest highway on the way to the airport. That was like, and now you're coming back. <laughs> right, right. Yep. We did the same thing with NHL All-Star. Um, yeah, I think, you know, for us is, we we know there's some things that are always going to set us apart. Destination being a Helpful. big one. Yes. Um, but community support, um, in-kind support. Um, but the other thing we hang our hat on is the outside the box, creative thinking, unique you know, touch points, no stone left unturned from a detail standpoint. Um, and, you know, I think what we always want these, whether it's our client event organizers, their, you know, third parties, anyone associated with the fans is that every turn to be like, oh my gosh, they didn't, you know, they thought of everything. Um, you know, Clemson gets off the, the oh plane God. onto, you know, and, an orange carpet, not yeah. a red carpet, little stuff like that, that someone may have gone, gone completely unnoticed, but it doesn't matter. The one person that did notice that is still talking about it today. <laughs> <laughs> and, Which is and great. why are there pirates everywhere? And why yeah. are they handing me beads? Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> and so, um, we, we talked about it on the pod a little bit because, um, I had Morgan Skillman who helped with the the people support of the NHL All-Star weekend, oh, okay. right? So we talked about how it ca- how it came on <laughs> Gasparilla weekend right. and how insane that is. Yeah, right. So that, I was just talking to someone about it yesterday um, and I go, what was really cool was to be a part of that narrative um, and helping write that story line, um, but also helping... Um, you know, change perception because anyone who hears that that's happening is like, what on the same (laughs) weekend? That's insane. And so, you know, when you have the opportunity to say it may sound insane, but it's actually going to be amazing because. Right. um, And then, you know, we got to do that for a long time and you missed a crew and event fest. They were at the table from the very beginning with the NHL. The NHL was like, this is, I mean, we had to like, you know, give them 
pirate fest, you know, Gasparilla 101 for them to understand it. Um, But once, once everyone started to understand how great this was together, it became that much better. Um, You know, clearly everyone saw the Stanley cup, you know, travel literally from the beach bash in Clearwater via helicopter to the pirate ship, invaded on the ship, got handed off to the mayor, you know, and the commissioner of the NHL, like, where are you going to go and have that happen ever? <laughs> <laughs> then you have, then you have players on the ice dressed in pirate garb, right. you know, just playing it up. Cause it's fun. Um, and so oh, for sure. at every turn, it was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. <laughs> um, and the weekend was, was elevated because of both events, not, right. you know, wasn't diluted and it wasn't even more chaotic. It was, it was perfect. Yeah, it went off so well. And it just, it cracks me up thinking about pirates ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> Claire almost just choked on her water. I did, yes. <laughs> um, and another organization that you um, have been involved with is the Positive Coaching Alliance. And uh, this isn't something that I knew much about prior to meeting you, but it, you know, upon thought is like the best thing that there could be out there. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Um, You know, I think that's what's cool too about, about this job for me um, personally is that I'm not only loving what I'm doing professionally and, and, and what we're doing in the community and the impact is so great and so rewarding, but because I've had the opportunity to, to, um, you know, help implement or uh, assist with so many social impact initiatives and legacy pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I've connected to organizations in the community that one, I may not have known even existed um, or, or two that have gained so much interest for me personally that, you know, that's, that's where I'm finding time to give back. Um, but it aligns. It, it so aligns professionally and personally with yeah. me that I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm filling buckets everywhere, but positive coaching Alliance specifically, I had the opportunity to meet with Mark Sokolowski, who's the executive director and we had coffee and and I'm not really sure how he got my name or how our paths crossed, but we sit down and it was similar to our lunch. Like, you know, yeah. three hours later, I was like, I need to go to it's work. Like, oh, yeah. My boss is looking for me. Whoopsie. Right. And there, there was just so much to talk about, but here's an organization that's truly trying to help positively impact the culture of youth sports. You know, 70% of kids are quitting by the age of 12. Um, and what are those factors uh, that are contributing to that? And so what they, what they're doing here locally, but it's a national organization and Tampa has a local chapter. Um, is, you know, they have, they have implemented programs, um, that actually go in, um, and work with coaches, work with student athletes and work with parents. You know, those are really the three pillars, um, in terms of really helping change the culture of youth sports. And, uh, so, I mean, they have partnered with Hillsborough County schools, um, Pasco County schools they are in all, they're literally in all of the public schools implementing this programming, not to mention, you know, the little leagues and some of the local clubs and some of the private schools, um, running over 500 of these clinics, oh my um, gosh. a year, uh, these programs a year. 
Uh, I was, I just met with Mark today. So I, I was just mind blown at, at the impact that they're having. But for me personally, um, I was like, yes, yes. And yes, like this, this checks every box. I was a student athlete. <laughs> I coached. Now I'm a parent of kids playing new sports. Like how can I help? Yeah. Um, and, and so I have, I have really loved being involved and engaged. I was, I was a part of the champions club, which has actually kind of shifted to just champions. Now we're trying trying to make it, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a board or a committee anymore. It's really about, you know, a grassroots effort and campaign to help spread awareness in our community about what this is, what we're doing and how you can be a part of it. And it's not just a monetary giving it's, it's a movement. Um, yeah, well, I mean, because part of it isn't just about the coaches, it's about the parents, mm-hmm. right. And being good stewards of the sport. You're absolutely right. You know, while yes. they're on the sidelines and not flipping out. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's, it's exactly what, what their educational um, programming is addressing is, you know, they're training, they're training players to be competitive and win. That's very important. And that that's one of the misconceptions because of the word positive in their title, right. That it's, it's everyone gets an award okay. and that's not the mentality. It's, it's, it's absolutely creating competitive student athletes that want to win, but it, but it's how you win. And so it's the characteristics and the qualities um, and the life skills that you learn through playing sport. And then on the parent side, it's about just one of those. The coach and the student athlete are going to work to to be competitive to win. Now you just help your support, your child and, and, and help with these life skills, um, help them deal with loss, help them deal with failure you know, that positivity needs to come on the back end with the parents, the drive home, you know, all of these things that are real problems. Um, and, and we, the drive home is, is a thing. Um, but, but I feel like that's not even a thing anymore because it's like on the sidelines while you're playing, you know, stop yelling at the coach to (laughs) put your kid who I'm sorry is terrible on the field. Right. Just, just, Yes. And, and, you know, it is, it is challenging. Um, I almost regret because here Mike and I are, we're your former coaches. We have not coached a day of youth sports. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, cause we're just kind of done. Right. The other thing is that I want my kids to have other authoritative figures in their life. And I want them to learn, you know, from their teachers and their coaches and their babysitters and We've always been working parents who are handing them off all the time. And I feel like that's, <laughs> that has attributed to some maturity and growth for them. Um, sure. That's very important. And that, you know, I, I didn't want to be their mom and their coach their whole life. And so we work very hard, almost too hard at removing ourselves from that role when sometimes we're like, damn, like we, we know this stuff and we could probably really beneficial. Um, but we're, we're taking a backseat role to let our kids just develop and, and have these experiences and, you know, we'll chime in as needed, but we're very, very, very hands off sideline parents. Um, and, and I think it's because we've lived it and you know, it's, yeah, it's, we we just don't want to be that parent. Well, it's also good for your boys, right? Um, to have different people coaching, whether or not you would be able to, because I mean, I know for me, the people I'm closest with, I don't always learn the lesson from mm-hmm. because you tune them out. Right. You assume ulterior motives because you just know things. Right. You, right. You just know. Right. And, but you hear it from this person, you know, it's like I could be standing next to you telling you to, you know, 
put your fly up, put your fly up, put your fly up. And then someone walks by and says, put your fly up and you finally do it. Right. Right, Like you just aren't. And so it's like that. And um, so I think that's really good of you guys. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be tough at times. You're like, right. It's not always easy. So I understand. I understand what's happening because we all feel it. It's a matter of just not acting on it. Right. right? I mean, we're adults. Well, right. (laughs) Uh, yeah, we're adults, although we do live in Florida and sometimes we have really unfortunate incidents like road rage that ends up not good. That actually just happened. It's ridiculous. Um, but, but I think it's great that you guys are like self-aware enough. And I'm sure that like, if you do have an issue with how the coaching is happening, you're not, you know, you probably take the more discreet approach where Mm -hmm. your kid doesn't know that you're disagreeing. Oh yes, yes, of course not. (laughs) Yes. And, and, and we go to the extreme at home and this, this is an example just in school, but you know, one of my sons had an altercation at school and we got the, you know, from school and, you know, I'm always, always allow them to tell their story. Um, but I go into it thinking none of this is true. And it's not because I distrust them. <laughs> it's just a matter of like, I don't have them on a pedestal as if they don't do anything wrong, even though they're good kids. You know, it's yeah. like, this is one side of the story. And um, I also have a feeling it's based on how you probably were as a kid. Pr- probably. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. It's live and learn. Yes. Um, but you know, the, the way I always challenge my kids, I was like, listen, I hear your side and you know, whether this went down or not, or whether Johnny did this or not, blah, blah, blah. What could you have done better? How could you handle this better the next time? How could you be the, you know, more mature one? What blah, 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 you know, is it, it's not always the easiest road to take. And I have not always taken that road myself, but I think what's helped me potentially parent this way is I had good parents myself, but is coaching is coaching and dealing with parents is like, I learned so much from what I didn't want to be. Right. Um, that we're over maybe <laughs> correcting, sure. you know, on, on our end, um, to, to not be that, that, no, I get that, that style. <laughs> that, I get it. But it's, I mean, I, the, um, you know, I've talked about it because there's, you know, uh, a bit of a women's, um, aspect in PCA too. And, um, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm always such a big fan of yours and all the little things that you're involved in. And I'm like, I just want to do what Claire's doing. <laughs> I, have well, to, come on. I have to get involved somehow. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, uh, I'm going to end this with one last question. All right. What do you do by way of self-care? <laughs> What do I do by way of self-care? So, you know, we, we all know balance doesn't really exist, right? Um, so this is my thing. I said that on the panel and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. I know, but it's so real. <laughs> um, I am constantly in a internal battle trying to figure out what that is. But I think that's, that's, that'll be like for, for life, um, especially when you just like to be busy, right? Because I don't do well when I'm not. So I create things that make me busy regardless. Um, I'm not a good like veg. I don't veg well at all. Um, but so I have some things and, um, one of them is, uh, I love to go grab breakfast by myself. (laughs) So I do this a lot and my husband would like that to go on the budget cuts if possible. (laughs) Um, no, but I love breakfast. It's my favorite meal of the day and I love coffee shops. And so I will migrate to those and to the point that I even like 
talked about this to Rob in one of my like year end reviews. I'm like, if I'm not here at 10, I swear it's, I'm still working, but I'm just at a coffee shop. It's like my Zen moment. It's sure. It's that perfect time of like, we just miraculously got the boys to school on time. And, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm about to go to work, but I need this like moment um, where I can shift and, and slowly, you know, yeah. start my day on my own time and terms um, and feel in complete control. Uh, so that's something that I do that that's my thing in, in Tampa, where, where do you tend to go? Where are my spots? Yeah. So my, I'm not going to stalk you yet. No, that's fine. Uh, you can, I, I accept company. Um, <laughs> um, well, my, one of my favorite breakfast spots is pinkies. Okay. And I love going during the week because it's insanity during the weekends. Like I'll pass there and I'll be like, who waits an hour and a half for pinkies? <laughs> you can go on Wednesday at seven 30 and, and get right in. Um, and then, so my coffee joints, I love DI coffee bar. I love foundation. I love caffeine. Davis Island. Okay. Davis Island coffee bar. And then everything new popping up in Seminole Heights is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. but I literally, I'm like a Yelper. Uh, so I Yelp anything new. I'm going to hit it up. Um, yeah. And and I don't like, I'll do a Starbucks and a Kawa, but it's, I I like my little, my little local joints. Um, Well, and I love like, Oxford Exchange. I oh, love. Oxford Exchange is awesome. It's amazing. Yep. Um, yeah, and just the vibe. Like, it just that's why I that's love my it thing. so much. I need vibe. I it's you know essentially a big library that's not, but not like I right. don't know. It's so cool. Have you done their tea service? No, it's so fucking cute. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. You could do like a like Eng- like a a British tea service. Oh my god, that's like hilarious! Little like sandwiches and things like and like. Like yeah. a tea party. Yeah. And, and, and it's, um, uh, Tabella. Oh tea. yes. That's awesome. You know, so it's, it's great. I, I'm speaking a lot of words that most of you don't understand because <laughs> this is very Tampa related, but, um, they yeah, can Google it. but I've done it. it. It's so freaking cool. That's awesome. I sat in, um, near the fountain. So like, yes. you're like by the fountain in this like atrium basically. So the sun is coming in or it's raining it's or beautiful. whatever it's doing. It's just so cool. So yeah, I love that place. I, um, I was recently thinking, and by recently, I mean, probably yesterday, um, (laughs) about how I need to pick a day like on the, on each weekend to do podcast work, Uh like, like social media stuff and, and stuff like that. So that Jerry and Jason don't hate me (laughs) and how, what I should probably do is check out a different like coffee place you know, each yep. Saturday morning or something for a couple hours, do some, get some stuff there because I won't be distracted by TV or cats yep. or pool. Do it. And it's, then like go from there to the beach or something. You oh know? my gosh. That's awesome. Yes. Armature is another good, nice addition. Oh, to that's a new one. Yeah. Yes. I haven't been there yet. It is awesome. Okay. So then besides your breakfast, which I love breakfast too. Yes. So that, that, that's my little moment. Um, I'm a morning if I don't work out in the morning, I won't work out. So I'm a 6 a.m. Um, is is my time frame there. And then my my other thing is so we have like a screened in porch patio mm-hmm. and I love like now that it's daylight savings time, like I love just sitting. That's like another decompressing place for me um, is, is sitting out there um, and especially because it's screened in. So like when it's mosquitoes, we're all good. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's my, it's, it's my place. And my boys even know that they'll be like, mom, can we come sit out here? I'm like, sure. I'll, I'll allow you. It's, it's just very, um, again, kind of a, a Zen place for me, but I, for me, like I love to be fast. Feel like I have to be on a lot and I like that. And so then like my self-care is truly like the opposite of that. Like just, and it can be quick, but just finding these little places yeah. that, that are a different environment that are, you know, not the the people I'm with all day long um, and just, you know, shutting it down for a second um, in, you know, any way, shape or form. Yeah. You sound like you actually get more energy with all of the extroverted. I do. I feed off people and, yes, that you, and things and events. And, yeah. Yes. And that like you very quickly recharge. Yes. Uh, yes. Whereas I am, even though I can, you know, you've seen me, I'm, you know, I can be right in the middle of it and be, you know, energized and excited, but, but I get, it will drain me towards the end mm-hmm. and I need longer time to, you know, to recharge yes. than, than most people, which it's interesting to me over the last few years, paying attention to that type of stuff to mm-hmm. figure out like how to balance. Yeah. No, the right I, way. I think that's, I think we're, we all go through that. Um, I, I know the other thing that I've noticed about myself personally is that I was and have been so like I thrive in social environments um, and and I think more so because the job provides so much of that to me that sure. like the sometimes the last thing I want to do is go like when I do have a free night is go create a social environment for myself. Right. <laughs> They're planned for me so often that I'm like, we have nothing to do. Yay. Um, where gosh, 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We have nothing to do. And I would, <laughs> I would freak out over that, yeah. um, where I embrace that now. Um, and it's probably just this thing called age, but. Oh, and you've got the two boys. And then I would say, this is going to sound cheesy, but laughter, like I love to laugh and I, if I love to have fun and I love what I do and we laugh a ton in our office, everyone's funny. Everyone's great. And if that, if that weren't my environment, I wouldn't enjoy where yeah. I was. Um, and it's the same thing at home. Like laughter is, you know, just so important. Yeah. I mean, instead of taking everything so seriously and being, oh, yes. you know, it's, yeah. And yes. I know, and I know some with sarcasm is a lot of, right. Like, well, my- <laughs> I was about to say Jenna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of somebody who used to work at my organization has been with you now almost two years, I mm-hmm. think. And, um, she's a rock star and she, she's got that dry humor too. She does perfect fit. Like literally like day one off and running with this crew. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, no, I, I agree. It's, I think one of the reasons why you and I hit it off as well as we did, because I, well, you weren't like super uptight and I probably dropped an F-bomb in four <laughs> seconds and, and you were like, okay, cool. Oh my, absolutely. Yeah. No, so real and authentic. And you know, there was no cutting through anything. It was like <laughs> straight to friendship. It was awesome. Um, well tell everybody how they can follow along with what's going on with, uh, TBSC, you, um, and you know, the next events that are coming up. Sure. Yeah. TampaBaySports.org is our website. So all events will live on there. Um, and even links, you know, to microsites as it'll relate to the women's final four. Um, some of the upper, uh, tickets are currently on sale. Um, so we, we are, we are more than on the clock, uh, with that event. Um, but the, 
you know, quite honestly, our social channels are the best place to follow along. Um, and then I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, C Lessinger underscore TBSC. Perfect. And uh, what is, does TBSC have its own Twitter? They do. I think it's, I knew you were going to ask me that. TampaBaySports.org is our website, but I think it is at Sports Tampa Bay. So they reverse it some on us. Oh man. I know. I remember trying to look for it too. Yes. Like, Cause I was like, how are you Tampa guys? Sports somewhere and at Sports Tampa Bay. <sighs> and then know. like, you know, if you follow at Sports Tampa Bay, you'll immediately be immersed in hashtag team Tampa Bay because yes. it's constantly the different facilities tweeting at each other or something out and everybody congratulating or cheering yes. everyone on, which is my one of my favorite things about this community and and working in it and um so uh thank you so much for being on thank you this was really fun and awesome i can't wait for our next little get together (laughs) me neither thank you again to claire for popping by the apartment hanging out with jerry and i and zoe of course and uh recording this episode i obviously had a great time with her um there's just you know, so much going on in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, I love that she's got her hand in a little bit of everything. As always, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Just search for Leveling the Playing Field in your favorite podcatcher. So that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, RadioInfluence.com, all of those. Google Play. (laughs) You can find us there. And uh, our social media is at LTPF pod. So check us out. We'll see you next week. Thanks. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>